Research that high-oleic soybeans can add value to the dairy farm's feed ration is driving interest in states that haven't traditionally grown high-oleic beans. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, and this is according to Adam Kroll, part of the global nutrition team with Pioneer, working on all things cattle feed. In the past few years, they've noticed interest growing for Pioneer's brand of high-oleic soybeans called Plenish. But the interest was going beyond the traditional Corn Belt states and moving into dairy country. Adam walks me through the logistics required to use hyaluronic beans on the farm and the benefits that come with it, but first he gives us a history lesson on this particular soybean. Punish hyaluronic soybeans are a soybean that has an altered fatty acid profile. So soybeans have about 20% fat, and that fat is made up of different individual fatty acids. And if you tweak the, the fatty acid profile that go into that, you change the cooking properties, melting temperature, different things like that. So, so Plenish was designed about 12 years ago for the cooking industry. It had some unique cooking properties that extended fryer life. It wasn't until 2018, 2019 when some of these uh, dairy nutritionists who at, at certain universities, Penn State and Wisconsin specifically, did some research feeding these high-oleic soybeans to dairy cattle and saw a really nice response as far as increasing milk fat, which is what dairies are get paid for. And so we've, we've kind of taken it from there, and, and it's opened a new market for us. How did that idea get started to change the use of the high-oleic bean? Like, how did they go from this is really good in, in food oils to let's try to feed this to a dairy cow? What drove that research? The labs that did the research are labs that do fatty acid nutrition work in general. And so, you know, for the last 10, 15 years, they've been playing around with different fatty acid combinations and, and how that affects the milk that dairy cattle produce. And they basically saw that this product was, was available in a different market, but thought, you know, a little bit of outside the box thinking, you know, this wasn't initiated by Corteva or Pioneer, this was, you know, these researchers taking the initiative of seeing something out there in the marketplace that could have some potential and, you know, putting it into a research setting and and figuring out that, yeah, it does have some really cool uh, positive effects when being fed to cattle. You know, where do we see a majority of these high-oleic bean acres? Historically, when this was just about the oil. We had some designated crush plants that would segregate the oil, and those were strategically located Iowa, Nebraska, you know, through the Corn Belt, where there's a lot of soybeans being produced. Over the last few years, we've seen the the acres move more into dairy country as more of these dairies are interested in feeding and getting on board with feeding plenish soybeans. So we're, we've seen a lot of acres around dairies in in Pennsylvania, New York is is really where this has expanded rapidly. And now we're seeing it in in dairy pockets of of Michigan, Wisconsin. We're talking to guys out West who've never planted soybeans before that that are planting soybeans exclusively for feeding to dairy cattle. The the biggest hangup we have is, is we can only go so far North based on the maturity of soybeans that we currently have our, our, Earliest maturity is a is a 1.9, which can get us, you know, upwards of you know Manitowoc County, Wisconsin, that area. But you get much further north, 
it gets to be a little bit of a challenge uh, at this time until we get some some shorter shorter maturity soybeans. But my gosh, if, if folks are growing soybeans in areas where they never have before just because of the benefits for their dairy cattle nutrition, those research results must have been pretty good. Can you walk us through what exactly is happening with the animal where it is bringing additional value to the farm? So we call these high oleic soybeans, but, but really the important thing when it comes to dairy cattle is we changed the profile from the majority of the fatty acids being linoleic to converting that to oleic. The minimizing the amount of linoleic is actually the, the thing that makes the difference in the dairy cattle. The linoleic acid, if you feed too much linoleic acid, it starts dropping the milk fat production in a complicated process in the rumen that the, the rumen microbes break down these fatty acids. And, and when they do that with linoleic acid, it actually drops milk fat. And so by minimizing the amount of total linoleic acid in the diet, we were able to increase milk fat. And so the original studies were really focused on this, this whole process is called milk fat depression. And, and the original studies were targeted on minimizing the risk of milk fat depression by lowering the total linoleic acid level of the diet. And over the last couple of years, with some of the changing dynamics with, with supply chain interruptions, a lot of our fat products or oil products that we would feed dairy cattle, whether that was palm fat or, or some of these, we call them rumen bypass fats, got really, really expensive during the pandemic and, and prices have still, you know, with inflation, have stayed up there significantly. And so over, over the last couple of years, it's gone from using these soybeans to mitigate the risk of milk fat depression to actually using this oil in place of a more expensive oil that these dairies were having to to purchase and, and bring in. And so, you know, there's kind of two pieces to the equation. You, you either can see a nice milk fat response by feeding plenish soybeans, or you can actually reduce your, your total feed cost of the ration, which can make a really big difference in, in profitability. What is the logistics for high leg beans? How does that matter in making this feasible for Wisconsin growers? Do we need more crushed plants? Do we need special crushed plants? Walk me through that. There, there are two ways that, that a dairy can, can incorporate plenish soybeans into their diet. One is taking the beans right from the field and feeding them. The logistical piece of that is we need to have these soybeans roasted. And then there, are, there are mobile roasters that can, that can go to different operations. There are pieces of equipment farms can install to roast on their own farm. You know, these things require a, a capital expense to do that, or you have to find a mobile roaster and there's, there's not enough of these really on the marketplace. The other way that they can incorporate plenish into a diet is through a byproduct from a crush plant. It can't just be any crush plant. It has to be a crush plant that does not do the hexane extraction of the oil. So in a, in a very simplistic way of looking at a crush plant, all crush plants will, will take the soybean and go through a mechanical process first to reduce the oil from about 20% down to around 8%. Most crush plants will follow that with a hexane extraction to take almost all the rest of the oil out. In that scenario, the, the byproduct without hardly any oil left really does not have any value for feeding. But there are a handful of, of crush plants that only do that first step and leave that 
8% oil left in the meal. And when that oil is high oleic oil, that byproduct has a lot of value being fed to a dairy to a dairy cow. And so those are those are really the two ways that you can put plenish into into a dairy ration. Each of those has some logistical issues. It's either you you have to do some capital expenses on your own farm to get roasting capabilities or you need to to work with a mobile roaster or get in contact with one of these crush plants and if they are if they're taking in plenish beans, you can contract back for that meal as long as it still has that that 7-8% oil left in it. According to Pioneer, Wisconsin farmers planted roughly 2,000 acres of plenish high oleic soybeans in 2023. This coming planting season, Adam Kroll says it'll be closer to 10,000 acres. That follows the same trajectory as, as the East Coast. That, that will ramp up real quickly. We are having a lot of conversations in Wisconsin right now, a lot of meetings where there's a lot of plenish soybeans going in the ground next year, that there's going to be a significant number of dairy farms going to be feeding plenish next year, whether that's their own. There is one crush plant that, that I'm aware of that, that will be offering this, this higher oleic soybean meal as a byproduct. And so there are some, some opportunities in, in Wisconsin next year. There might be a few niche, smaller dairies that, that have planted some, some soybeans in, in 23 that might be feeding them now, but it's, uh, it's, it's pretty small yet, but it will, uh, if, it, if it follows the, the trend from what we saw in New York and Pennsylvania, we'll, we'll see a majority of farms at least playing around with plenish in the next couple of years to, to see how they can incorporate it in, into their own farm. Adam Kroll along with us from Pioneer's Global Nutrition Team speaking to the increased high oleic soybean acres in dairy country. Even though infrastructure isn't as developed as other states for processing high oleic beans, Adam says Wisconsin dairies are still seeing the benefits of higher milk fat and a cheaper ingredient for the dairy cow's feed ration. For the 2024 growing season, Pioneer estimates that acres will increase fivefold for their plenish high oleic beans compared to 2023. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.